Hello, this is Deb from Deb's Data Dojo, part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. Today, I have a special co-host who's Adam R. of 3PNR, who is a podcaster with a fresh, open-minded view of the unexplained. He has an interest in a variety of topics, including UFOs. I asked Adam to join me today because he's a fantastic podcaster. He has done over 100 episodes on 3PNR and can be heard on multiple podcast platforms. He has joined me also today to talk to Tyler from Dockside Media, who has been producing paranormal documentaries on a variety of topics, including Ghost, Sasquatch, and UFOs. Tyler was, is also part of TT Productions and has been hosting Curiously Insane on YouTube. Tyler has been working with Chris Rupert to create multiple films, including Conscious Contact, Full Disclosure, Secrets of Sasquatch, Ghosts of Gettysburg, and is working on an upcoming documentary, In Plain Sight, The Intelligence Community and UFOs. The work presented by Dockside Media reflects numerous hours of hard work, sincere interest, and a desire to reveal more about the phenomenon. I will also add that Tyler, you also often come across as extremely humble despite being very talented and very motivated so i appreciate that about you <laughs> uh well deb <clears throat> my heart's about to explode right now number one uh, not, that's very nice of you to say and it really means a lot to me and um i'll it helps me to be mindful of that right because like i do i'm easily excitable and having a lot of fun so some people can maybe take it uh, you know, the wrong way. And I'm just, man, I never have any ill will towards anybody. Also, let me give you a quick compliment. Yo, that intro was sick. You did a really, <laughs> really, really, really good job. Well, thank you. Should be you. proud of I yourself. Do an extensive amount of research before I talk to people, believe it or not. I even know your kid's name now. <laughs> oh, you are awesome. You are uh well i'm endeared to you for life now so well, oh, well done. thank you so much and your kid is cute by the way um thank so you. yes oh, he's a great kid i'm one of those people like um i interviewed um bob salas and he said you have to read my book first and i said okay i went and read his book and i found out something other people seem to miss when they interview him <laughs> that is so sick <laughs> right so but and also speaking of interviews um you have spoken to some friends of mine so that was exciting. Like we, we talked about actually before you came in, Adam and I were talking about one of the people you've interviewed, Rick Doty. Oh man, dude, that's awesome. It was, it, it was a sick experience doing it. I just, I love the man, the cloak and dagger stuff of it. Like interviewing, you know, Rick Doty interviewing uh, retired CIA officer, John Ramirez. Uh, he'll be in, in plain sight, the intelligence community of UFOs and, Dude, I love hopping on these planes and landing at these airports, all my camera gear and stuff all on my back, getting the rental car, you know, looking over my shoulder like, ah, oh, dude, it's it's great. And then showing up and they're like, oh, yeah, the CIA, they're, you know, they're aware you're coming to interview me and stuff. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm in a Jason Bourne movie. Let's go. Let's really? Go. John uh, yeah. that? <laughs> John Ramirez. Uh, yeah. He, okay, like, yeah, I'm the surprised. CIA. Yeah, Wait, so that means that when John does interviews with people, he has to okay it first? Hmm. Um, I don't know. May I don't know. Uh 
you know, it was specifically for a document. I don't know if he's running everything by them. It was interesting okay. when he did that PowerPoint presentation. Uh, we're going back a little ways now, uh, um, months ago, but uh, you know, that he sent that to the CIA to like yes. sign off on. Yeah. I remember. So, and he said some of it was not approved and he is hoping it will get approved. Yeah. What was it like talking to Doty? Adam, so great question. <clears throat> Without seeing your face, man, it's tough not seeing your face because I can't get a read on you, bro. But um, Doty, so here's what's up. You know, I try and <clears throat> I just try and be respectful of everybody because, dude, if I lived your life and walked in your shoes, I'd probably think a lot like you and talk like you, you know, if I had those right. experiences. And if I had the positions I had and people were directing me to undergo certain tasks. Right. So, um, I was like <clears throat> respectful, just treating him like a human. He, you know, being a counterintelligence officer, uh, like former counterintelligence officer. I, what do you want to say? Dude, he came off very genuine. He, to me, he seemed very genuine and kind and down to earth, but, I don't know. Is that how these people are trained to be? Because the way you gain somebody's trust, you know, like I, I just, whatever. Um, to I, me, he seemed genuine and honest and, and uh, nice, but was he just using the skill set that he was taught? I, I don't know. I've been trying to reach out to that so. guy. I, and I, I could tell you from watching him on, you know, some of the networks and some of the documentaries, he's uh he's very engaging. He's charismatic. Right. When, you know, typically when you're in a position to be counterintelligence, you have to, uh, by example, use psychology. Right. I mean, they, they study psychology. They, they understand the human behavior. And so why I want to speak to him is I, I kind of want to get him in a position to ask him questions that I don't hear others asking him, like his opinions. Hmm. You never, never did anyone ask this man his opinion. They always ask him questions directed towards, well, what about this or what about that? I would love I to. You did? I said, I got to watch your episode. <laughs> you got you to gotta watch my interview because some of my questions were opinion based. I, I think a lot of what he's doing actually is based on his interests and personal buy-in. Um, so that leads me to a question for you, Tyler. What got you on this path? Fate. Maybe it was a Ponte. It might have been Sue Walker's Ponte. Um, <clears throat> Chris Rupert, uh, he and who's the other half of Dockside Media, and he couldn't make it. He's on a family vacation right now and poor service. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, man, the universe is a crazy, crazy, crazy thing and synchronicities and whatnot. He and I uh, grew up in the same neighborhood, went to the same school, weren't great friends, knew of each other. Uh, but here we connected. <clears throat> Both of us kind of got into independent filmmaking around six years ago. Uh, me personally, it was just on my cell phone, <clears throat> making a silly trailer called the Dino Slayer, just like on a whim. I just saw a, a, a trailer, movie trailer during a commercial. I'm like, huh, did I? It's only a bunch of like one second, two second, three second clips strung together. I, I bet I could do that and grab my son's toy Dino, who was like two at the time, taking a nap. Went outside, shot this uh, little fictitious trailer called the Dino Slayer, which you can still find on YouTube today and Facebook, etc. And put some background music behind. I'm like, 
dude, this is so fun. And it just lit that spark inside me. And I've been going hard since after like a year of shooting on cell phones, started getting cameras and man, it's like that 10,000 hour rule, dude. I just, I've been going, going, going. And, um, I've just been fortunate with most things in life. If you keep doing something, naturally you're going to get better at it. And if you really love it and have fun doing it, man, I feel like the learning or, you know, the, the, you can increase your skill set exponentially. Um, and so, yeah, Chris and I've been doing this independently in August here of 2021. So like 10 months ago, Chris was like, Hey, uh, do you want to, start making documentaries like, and he was like let's like what about like paranormal documentaries because i think he's into horror and sci-fi um i was like yeah dude I, yeah that'd be fun and uh we hit the ground running was going to do the seven gates of hell which is about an, a local urban legend uh, i'm in lancaster pennsylvania and there's a little township uh, across the river the susquehanna river called hellum township and they have this Old myth about the seven gates of hell. If you go through these seven gates uh, after midnight, after the seventh gate, you're instantly transported to hell. So we were going to do that. And then I stumbled upon Anjali's story on Reddit and saw that she was going to be giving a, a public press conference in front of the Lincoln Memorial on August 17th uh, to disclose extraterrestrials that she had been in contact with and that she was forming a team to go on an expedition to, to gather data, right. To provide to the public and, and do more research. So I'm like, Oh, what dude, the, the courage, the, it just, it takes, it takes a lot of courage to go stand in front of the Lincoln Memorial in public and say the things that she said. So when I saw she was doing that, I, I think it was like a week before I was like, Chris, I started this stuff on, seven gates of hell but what if we pivot to this man this is like people are going to want to hear this and we'll find it we'll know what to do with it afterwards and so i ran down to dc it's like a two and a half hour drive recorded uh ran three cameras and the cell phone live feed because some people there were having issues with the live feed and man i can't i flew my or drove my buns back and threw the date or the footage on a computer and started editing this like little trailer real quick and i'm like chris bro, we're getting this distributed, man. We're, we're getting this picked up for distribution. And then we just, I want I'll let somebody else talk, but you know, <laughs> um, that's how conscious contact full disclosure came to bet came to be. And man, it's, we had it done back in November, Deb Adam mm -hmm. back in November. It took until like January of 2022, uh, or the beginning of February, whatever for us to like manifest 1091 pictures picking it up who's right who we wanted to who we needed to pick it up so like I that's how like we kind of got into it we're interested in the stuff it's 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 uh it's we like i don't know it's it, you can make a a engaging content and i just like the whole thought-provoking aspect man we need people talking about this stuff like stuff if if <clears throat> people were talking about iphones a hundred years ago, they were crazy, dude. And look how ubiqu ubiquitous though they are nowadays. So right. same deal talking about consciousness and telepathy and things of this nature. While it might seem out there now, dude, in a hundred years when we have much better technology and understand the universe better, dude, it very well could be commonplace. 
Um, yeah, to Tyler's point, to what I'm gonna I'm gonna ex expand on that. So when it, re referring to the gray aliens and they're saying they spoke to me, my oh head, wait, Adam, are you expanding? I you cut out maybe. Oh, did I did I cut out? No, I got you. It's okay. Oh. I think that there was oh. some some weird stuff going on, but it's okay. So what I'm saying on that is um with the once upon a time the gray aliens people would say well they're they're using telepathy et cetera et cetera like bear in mind that might have been we have Bluetooth now right and so if you went back to like the 80s and said you could put this thing in your ear and talk to someone else from across wherever they think you're crazy right but it's Bluetooth it's commonplace today um you're talking about a sophisticated life form that's that's advanced by uh, more advanced by I don't know maybe a thousand two thousand years. This might be Bluetooth, their, their form of Bluetooth, because if you think what Elon Musk is putting out that uh, Neuralink, in some time, when Neuralink's in the beginning of Neuralink, it's going to be to help remedy some medical conditions. But eventually, you're going to be able to communicate with people with no words, just send images right to their right. mind. And so it that's we're, we're just getting yeah. there. And so, you know, to your point, though, it makes me think of the future human hypothesis so often. You know, it's it really is the case that all the things that we're describing of course we're just all doing it from a human perspective but when we're describing all these things about what's happening with these uh experiences we're also striving to do those things right. at the same time you know you can have a personal flying saucer now if you want then you yeah. can have and you can have one that's controlled by a robot if you want can't go in the water yet though <laughs> if you took your cell phone back to like the i don't know like the 17th century 16th century you'd get burned at the stake you're a witch exactly yeah, yeah. and that's just the, that's mankind that's how we think right it's kind of funny you're like wait a minute that's really do you see what he did that thing he pulled out of his pocket has pictures in it yeah kill that dude he's a devil oh, no. <laughs> oh yeah okay. uh, access to any information you want at you know at your fingertips right yeah. i was like what Dude, no way. You got to go to this massive li library, use your Dewey Decimal System, and go find write the right book, and then read all the way through it till you find that one little answer you're looking for. Yeah, and even then, there's always some guy in the in the in the, in the cottage that's like, ah, oh, I've been around a long time. I know more. So you can go to the library, look up what you want, but I know more. There's always a hierarchy. Unfortunately, today, with technology, the kids are smarter than everybody. Mm -hmm. Like, he's you could reference the University of Google or the University of YouTube for any information and really you do know, some real digging. If, if someone wants to, though, and I think that's the difference. Not everyone is looking like uh, I've, I've seen videos on YouTube where someone's like sitting and looking at something ridiculous like a toaster and it has five million views for whatever reason. Right. Um, so we still have to have that motivation. And luckily, I feel like both of you have a ton when it comes to answering these questions and exploring these topics. Um, I know I saw Tyler when you were talking to Chris in one of your podcasts, um, you actually said the next thing you want to look at is maybe um, reincarnation. So, yeah, I mean, you're tackling all these big questions. And I feel like if you kept going back to them, even after you did it the first time, you would find more content. There's going to be more and more and more. Actually, I have an idea. <laughs> I just thought of something. I have a growing team of people gonna, that are going to be in my state soon. And um, some who are in New York and some other East Coast states 
are talking to me about maybe going to Blue Book and looking at stuff. I think it would be cool if you did uh, a movie just about what it's like to do this research. Like, I want to see the real story. Like, I want to see, like, I'm tired of these sensationalized movies when the reality is so much freakier. Because <laughs> like, it's real. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, that is interesting, and it, you do. I, you can't help but but feel like at times, yeah, life imitates art, right? Here's all these sci these science fiction things that people have been thinking up forever, and it's like, oh, dude, we're, yeah, we've realized a ton of those, and yeah, uh, to Adam's point and to your point, Deb, or uh, just the evolution and the exponential growth in technology. It's, man, I'm 37, dude. I went from Pong to PS5 virtual reality where I'm flying a jet. And if I'm not sitting down and I make the turn, I fall over because it's just like, wait, what? Like, what the hell? Like, and same thing with this Neuralink. Um, one of the other crazy things I remember I saw in an Elon uh, Musk interview where it's like, oh, dude, well, once this is fully functioning, right? You know, now you have the ability to replay a memory, but you feel me like it, you're not replaying it in your mind's eye. It's all here in front of you. So when that happens, it's like, oh shit. Well, are we in, are we in the replay right now? Did one of us have a Neuralink, you know, uh, 10 years from now? And, and it said, oh dude, yeah, let's replay that memory. Uh, from Deb's data dojo. And right now I'm just sitting through here watching it and saying this as I'm talking, like I, who knows, dude, shit's going to get crazy. Do you know, what you couldn't think go of? ahead, Adam. You just made me think, remember space balls and they, they rewind. He's like, where are we at? And I goes, it's us, but it's us now. <laughs> That's what that made me think of. Like he got to the point of time where he was seeing himself in real time and he was looking back at the camera and he's looking that when we get to that point, like you said, that's going to be insane. We're because we're moving to meta. That's right. That's it's unavoidable now. It's going to happen, and, and it's mm, it's it's more than going to happen. It may have already, and I'll explain that in a minute. <laughs> Go ahead and finish. Yeah, I, that's it's concerning to me because Deb and I were talking prior to the podcast. We're about you know Google had their their AI systems and they were communicating. They made their own language, and when the people came around, they they got quiet. You know that's that's mm. that's just scared a hell out of people. <laughs> So I don't know, but what you said about seeing things and seeing memories is really what a memory is, is it's you with data in your mind, trying to reconstruct an image and it's never going to be accurate. But what you're discussing, if that comes to light, that's a, that's a game changer. And what's great is that if that data is stored incorrectly, like from the beginning, like that's your reality. It doesn't matter. Right. If, if I said, oh, the, the car that, that ran into me was blue, like, dude, if it really was red, it doesn't matter. Like, my reality is it's blue. Right. And my memory, re everything is blue. And so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of mass consciousness to hold this whole reality, right? And things, oh, man, I don't know. This stuff just all trips me out, and I, I love everything about it. It's like this whole thing about, like, dude, Johnny, uh, not to get into Johnny Depp and Amber Heard, but obviously, I believe Johnny Depp paid a you know a PR firm a ton of money. Where I don't care where you went, if you're on social media, you most likely formed a, an opinion about Johnny Depp, 
and it was most likely favorable. And it didn't matter what that jury came out with. Like, dude, he could. I'm not saying anything about Johnny Depp. Don't come at me, Johnny. This is hypothetical. But, bro, if you are the worst human being in the world, it doesn't matter. Reality, what everybody thinks, says otherwise. Right? So the only one that that he's really a bad, horrible human being is, is like, him. Like, he would be the only one that knows that. That's the right. only reality. Trippy stuff, man. Yeah, I mean, OJ example that, right? <laughs> Yeah, so I, I was going to say a couple things about this. One is that I was recently looking at um, indigenous Australians. Um, people used to call them Aborigines. I've understood that maybe that's not a very popular thing to call them anymore. I don't think that's necessarily what they would call themselves. So I think that was the bigger issue with that. But anywho, I was looking into them and they have a term that is basically like every now. It means everything happens now. So, it, you know, I, I think about Groundhog Day when I think about time stuff and I hear people say, you know, there's no such thing as the past or the future. It's just now. And I think time might be more of a, you know, of course, it's a construct. It's a measurement that we use, but it's also more about movements and moving forward than it is actually about what we think of as time. Right. So. What if we are just repeating the same day and every memory is a download that gets put into us <laughs> every day? And, and, you know, there's been other sci-fi movies that have touched on that concept. So, yeah, like you, you, that's a good point, because how would you know? If you're being if if if, if we're speaking in terms of uh, there's a an energy source that's putting these these downloads to you. What we know is reality. Uh, the only real reason we know time is because our physiology shows it by age. Because um, for me, I don't know, maybe not everyone, but me, I remember things from my past. Like they were like, I was like, well, what that just happened? How's it been? What, 10 years? That's crazy. Like, I, I think that way. But then again, I'm kind of immature in a lot of ways. So, yeah. No, that's I, and it's weird what sticks in there, right? Yeah. There's like some very innocuous like i just have some childhood memories that really are like dude that was why do i remember sitting on that hill or what you know it was like dude we're, we were doing nothing it was you know what i mean like just weird things that it's like oh dude there was a ton of profound say a touchdown scored or so man i can't remember that right in this game but i remember yeah just weird little things and why is that burned in there i don't know but i feel like yeah deb to your point it was uh I think there's a theory. What is it like? I don't know if, it, if the theory is like last Tuesday or something like that, but something basically like, Oh dude, everything was created on last Tuesday and yep. Every, but everything's just hard baked into your, yeah. into well, your, a, a lot of scientists are. Uh, so again, to the point of both of you, uh, you could walk, if you, so you live in your house, you're there some years, your brain knows the the layout of your house. And so, you know, most things that you're seeing with your eyes are delayed anyhow, right? Because there's out uh, from the brain. It's it's not as instant as we think it is, which is why if you get a pen that's silver and you wave it in front of a light, you'll see a little bit of a, of a trail because there's a latency there. That being said, uh, if you're walking through your house, are you really seeing it in real time or is your brain just recalling it for you, right? And it takes something like well, someone to move a lamp or something, uh, some light to be on or something abnormal for you to take recognition of, of a real-time image. Yeah, actually, our, our level of perception of reality is greatly reduced 
based on, you know, a lot of research that scientists have done. We don't see all the colors. We don't see all light. We don't hear all sounds. Our brain will literally cut out a huge chunk of the environment around us. Um, in other words, it only allows us to deal with what we can, right? So the memories that we have are actually just a tiny sliver of our reality anyway. Truth. So let me hit you both with this question. Based on that, let's talk about uh, near-death experiences. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Hmm. There's so many thoughts. Uh, I find them fascinating. I think that would be something I'd watch your documentaries for too, Tyler. Hint, hint, hint. Near-death experiences are awesome. So um, I, I find like a lot of people who have them end up um, with this like deep understanding of something that I wish that I could experience without having that near-death experience, you know? Um, but I wonder sometimes when they come back and try to explain it, if they just don't have the correct language. One thing that strikes me is they often say when they die, they're surrounded by this strong sense of love. And I'm like, is it love though? Or is it just something that that's the closest term they can come up with for? Because and what I think it would actually be is you're probably surrounded by like high levels of energy. Personally, that's my opinion. I'm hopeful of that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the near death experience, I don't know enough about it. So yeah, I should probably do research on it and make a doc. Uh, great, great plug there, Deb. Um, I think it's interesting that, uh, man, I'm trying to think who else, fell into this category, but like Anjali, if you researched her, she had had a near death experience, uh, prior, um, at like a hospital, uh, where I'm trying to recall this correctly. Mm, I forget if somebody came into a room or something like that. And, uh, and, uh, a nurse or whatever came in sometime later and she said, Oh, so and so came to my room and she's and the nurse said, Oh, they had passed, you know, hmm. a couple hours ago or whatever it was. Um, so like, yeah, I don't know, dude. Is there something where when that happens, you can access interdimensional? Like, just do you do you have a, a higher or high, heightened senses or something or access to other things? I think right. it's quite possible. I like this whole thing, like, yeah, I guess. I don't know for certain, but I feel like when you die, I've heard like DMT is released. Yeah. I was going to say, right? yeah. So I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but it's the same well, thing, there's enough people that have done DMT and they all report about these elves, right? These, yeah. they see these elves. So it's like, do these elves inhabit this other dimension? Or is it that one person, the first person saw something that resembled an elf? It, spread across like online forums or whatever and then since everybody went into the trips or the experiences thinking of elves then they manifest i i don't know but it's, it's weird that a lot report that i've i've studied both of these so i find these fascinating so when it comes to the dmt they actually have multiple experiences not just one singular one um but there are some patterns um, so it really is a question is, is it a social influence? Are they like picking up on something that they saw on TV, like the movie Leprechaun or something? And then like, it's like the brain is spitting it back out, you know? Um, so it's really, it's a question. 
it's really interesting. Do we all just kind of go into a place um, in our own brains when we're meditating or having those CMT experiences or which, by the way, I've never had um, or, you know, any of those other like near death experiences? Um, are we going into ourselves and retrieving this stuff or is it external from us? But then if you get like really deep, it's like you think therefore you are. So is it really separate from reality? You know, does that make sense? I got a couple of theories running. Um, one, we know to a certainty when you have a traumatic experience, your brain goes and it dumps chemicals to, to compensate, you know, uh, like you get into a car accident, things appear to be in slow motion, right? That's your brain. It's taking a lot of information in. And most times when you get, it'll, it'll put you in a numb state and that what people call it a state of shock, but it's your brain saying, all right, we need to protect the, the mind. There's a lot going on. Let's shut down. Right. For people with near death experiences or some of the people I'd spoken to, they've had, you know, one had a brain aneurysm. Another one was in a car wreck. And like you were saying earlier, your brain will dump chemicals to cope with, with the traumatic event. And hopefully it's not the case that they're dumping DMT and these, these near death experiences are, are just a chemical reaction where they're on a trip right now. Flip the coin. Like you're saying, some people take DMT voluntarily and they go to these places and they see these beings there. Uh, it seems, and like, and like Tyler said, it seems to be a lot of people. This isn't like an isolated thing. And that being said, when you have a traumatic experience or near death, that same DMT, is it opening your ability to have perception to see something you otherwise can't perceive in this in this life? Are you bridging are you bridging the gap between the two worlds? I do think there's like an evolutionary prerogative, right? So maybe that's the same thing that gets triggered when you're nearly dying. Your body's suddenly like, we need to protect you, see everything, know everything, be right. more aware. Right. right that it could be what's happening but i will say an interesting case to look into on this is the case of the man who was a neurologist who died and had a lengthy near-death experience um i believe he was on new thinking aloud being interviewed about it he wrote a book i think it was something like trip to heaven i can't even remember what it was called but i watched his interview and he talked about his understanding of neurology and how he kind of self-analyzed himself when he was going through the near-death experience and like did some checks and things like that. So, you know, it's, it's interesting because um, doctors don't think that they can understand near-death experiences fully. There's a lot of um, investigation that's going to be required um, to really figure that out. And how can you, right? Because if you've died, you can't yeah. really come back and say, oh, by the way, that was true. That's what really happened to people. I think you should be concerned if you ever meet someone and he says he's an expert in near death. <laughs> you know? yeah. Good I point. I saw Flatland. <laughs> you guys seen Flatliners? Not recommended. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, that, the Kevin Bacon movie? Yes. Yeah. 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 I'm, I saw that a, a minute ago. Yeah, some guy says he's an expert in near death, and you imagine that movie and some of the shit they're trying. Add it. <laughs> oh yeah, I got to go back and rewatch that. So Tyler, you, your your documentary is about UFOs. I want to ask you, not so much about the documentary. What's your opinion on on UFOs and aliens? Dude, it's a big universe, man, like massive, and uh, 
you know, big enough that I feel like there has to be some other intelligent life somewhere. And if they happen to follow any type of evolutionary path that like technological path that we have, well, bro, in a hundred to a thousand years. Yeah, man, I, the shit we're going to be doing is going to be insane. I mean, we're talking how far has CRISPR come, right? Gene editing. I mean, yeah. these things are just in its infancy, but another hundred to a thousand years, dog, that stuff's cracked. Um, <clears throat> same thing, CERN. We're, we're colliding. Like, like, do we, the human being, like humans have done so much investigating, right? We got all the way down to the atom. Then we're like, oh shoot, dude, there's something smaller. I think the Higgs boson or whatever. Like, and we find these things out by by having mile long tubes and shooting like electrons at each other. How crazy <laughs> is that? That's right. So, the, so, I mean, that is insane. So another thousand years, God, dude, anti, you know, uh, anti-gravity propulsion systems and stuff like that. Like it could be commonplace. Our kids will be like, bro, like how did, or our great, great grandkids, how, how did you not see that this, this was the link, how you utilize that? It could be something very simple. You know, I, it's crazy how like, you know, my eight-year-old son, dude, he, he'll he run laps around 50-year-olds, 60, 70, 80-year-olds on iPads. You know what I mean? Like, dude, yeah. they, kids just intuitively understand how to go about this stuff now. Mm -hmm. And so, man, and I try and be hip. I try and be cool. I try and keep up with all this stuff. But, man, my son drops. Yeah, he drops new slang. He's dropping stuff. I'm like what? Dude? What? What are you talking about? I got these new, these new things, these new, these new. Oh, this is a plug for Hey Dude. <laughs> hey Dude. Uh, I'm familiar with them. Here's what's up, dog. Two years from now, I'll probably say these are the most hideous things I've ever seen. But for whatever reason, right now in the universe, it is cool to have these. So I have them and I feel good about it. But dude, if you would have <laughs> wanted to give me these in high school, I'm like, oh, dude, uh, I'm never wearing these. Um. So, yeah, dog, I think it's definitely possible. And not only that, it's like, well, are we not sending probes? Are we not sending the James Webb telescope out into the universe? Dude, are we not just uh, investigating scientifically, you know, tribes, like uncontacted tribes here on yeah. Earth? And when we see them, we're like, damn, dude, well, we can't F with them because if we do, their whole reality will crumble. And there's some guy in that tribe saying, seeing a drone or seeing a plane. Say, uh, guys, I, I think there's like more to life than what's going on around here. And those people are like, bro, you're nuts. Drink some more ayahuasca. There's yeah, no way. Like, That's this, a dragon. Cut it out. <laughs> yep. This is it. So yeah. uh, why would we not? Or why would uh, other intelligent life not be monitoring us and not interfering we would most likely do the very same thing i well and i thought about that too i think they call it cargo religion when we interfere with a tribe or get near a group and then our technology kind of influences them and they talked about that when they um you know talked about world war ii and our planes interfering with some local people and the people started trying to make fake runways because they saw food coming out of the planes and they thought maybe they would get food if they had a fake runway and a plane would mm. come and bring them food so that's where that cargo religion concept came from um but yeah i think about it too like when we deal with gorillas for instance 
and to to these uh, entities, you know, we might be gorillas. Exactly. What do we do? We sit at a distance. We try to videotape them. We try to understand what they're doing. Then we go make a documentary. So maybe in some other place, deep in the sea or deep in another solar system or even in our own, in a hidden little moon, someone's watching a human documentary. <laughs> oh, no, we're definitely a channel. This is the most interesting channel in the universe. People are crazy. If you, <laughs> if you watch just people and get an idea, so if, here's an example. I go on Facebook. I see these videos of people. It's, it's anywhere from like these, these heartfelt things to fistfights at Walmart to some guy who's playing pranks on people. We're crazy. So <gasps> to your point, we're definitely the National Geographic's channel. So example this, right? Um, we're being watched by a sophisticated civilization. We're, we're being we're a documentary, essentially. Like we, when we're examining animals in, a, in the animal kingdom, we're not supposed to get involved. If another animal's killing the animal, we, it's nature. We can't do nothing about it. But if we hit one with the car, now we're obligated. We did that. Travis Walton, for example. I think hmm. Travis Walton ran up, got hit by the car, and they had to fix him. That's their job. Like, damn it, he got hit by the car. Now we got to fix this guy. You know? Yeah, but they did it for him, but they don't do it usually. They often harm people. There's lots of accidents and injuries related to UAPs, right. um, damage, and they don't do anything to fix it, um, which is kind of a point that's been made publicly by Lou Elizondo, that these beings, if anything, are neutral. Um, they don't really, they don't stop us from blowing each other up. Um, they might mess with our nuclear stuff, but they don't stop us. They don't control us. Um, a lot of people... And I actually really appreciate that you spoke to an elder in your documentary, by the way, Tyler. I would love to speak to him because oh. I'm very, very interested in speaking to um, indigenous people with an oral tradition from centuries about this. But, you know, a lot of people are saying, you know, that they're just here to really experiment or explore. They're like we are. We would be explorers, too. What would we do if we went to mars and found a civilization it's the exact same thing by yep. the way i just want to point out again and i keep making this comment we are the ufo on mars we have a ufo on mars right now it's as true. far as any any living being on mars is concerned we have ufos on mars <laughs> it's true yeah we, we've invaded <laughs> if yes. if tomorrow if tomorrow we went to another star system. We found a planet. And more than likely, and what Tyler said earlier about there being life everywhere, and I agree with Tyler, it doesn't mean all life is sophisticated. It could be that they're in their Bronze Age. It could be they're in the Stone Age. They could just be water-trapped, right? If they're How smart are dolphins? Well, why didn't dolphins evolve further? Well, they're they're trapped in their environment, they, and they can't utilize tools. That's the best of their evolution, you know, within the timeline that we give them. Give them a few more million years, they're coming out of the water, maybe. Um, so yeah, there's, I think if we find another planet with a civilization that's intelligent, uh, and people have this misconception that we would just go there and take over, we can't breathe their air. So we would have to have a hybrid program and a hybrid program doesn't happen in one generation. You're talking millennia, very long time to have a successful hybrid program. And before we did any of that, uh, let's say Jeff Bezos, the billionaire club, they're going to space. They find out there's another civilization. It's going to go viral. It's too late. They're not going to stop that, right? I mean, that's. I think that's why we're speeding up these uh, disclosures 
personally is because the billionaires are going up. Because Jeff Bezos is going to want to know how to put Amazon over there. I agree. Between the private, uh, just private sector going up into space, the James Webb telescope, I feel like maybe people, uh, you know, hands are being forced where it's like, God, dude, you know, James Webb tells, dude, it pulls something that uh, some data is saying, oh, dude, there's signs of a past civilization or current, like, yeah, that's kind of, man, that's going to be far out. And so, in my head, I'm spinning electrons, hope trying to manifest that. That's what that's what I want to hear. And Deb, I love what you said about uh thanks, mad props on the uh the Zuni elder Clifford Mahoody that was in our documentary Conscious Contact Full Disclosure. Sadly, you're gonna have to have a an NDE if you want to speak with him. He passed oh. away oh. maybe like four months ago. So it was great. He he passed away a few months after uh or maybe like five months or whatever after I interviewed him. So number one, like I feel truly fortunate that I got to sit down with this guy that bro, these stories that have been passed down from elder to elder to elder to him talking about star nations and star people and all the research he's done with indigenous tribes talking about star nations. And sometimes the words are different, but they're using a lot of the same stories. Like, so I'm just one blown away that I got to even sit. Uh, oh, oh, what I was going to say is, dude, so like the stuff that's been shared with him from elder to elder to elder to elder, dude, like it goes back like pre-Christ, right? Like pre-Christianity. Right. So who's to say that Christianity is more correct than what the Zunis were talking about for way, way, way right. longer, you know? Yeah, and, um. And dude, also, if you watch the doc, Conscious Contact, Full Disclosure, knowing that he's passed and some of the things he talks about, like, ah, I hope these things get out before I pass and that I can write these things down. And it was just, and then different like prophecies and stuff that were uh, taught to him or shared with him from like elders and, and um, dude, it's just crazy, like current events in, in the world today and stuff. And you're like, oh, dude, that that is really wild that yeah. I got to interview him. I, I spoke to a shaman recently, um, part of the um, Sok nation, um, which it got combined with another nation. So it's like, I think it, I, I don't want to say it and get it wrong, but he's, you know, not the original nation's name. Um, and we talk a lot. We talked a lot about the origin stories and how old they are and you know i had recently spoke to grant lavac who studies australian um uaps and we talked about the native australians then and i studied those origin stories and these stories that kept passed along they are based on reality a hundred percent um and I, I watched a ted talk about a native australian who was making that point you know our people have been passing on this story by the way, Bigfoot is popular there. Also, they call him Yowie. Um, they've been passing on this story for, for centuries. And then it turns out that we were probably pre-existing with this particular um, creature that is now extinct. Because we found the bones in Australia of this creature. And it matches what we were saying in the story. So it'd be foolish for people to ignore those stories. They exist for a reason. They exist from a reality. I'm not 100% sure 
why so many stories all over the world involve a rainbow serpent yet, but that could very well have been a tic-tac because one of the things that happens with the rainbow serpent is that the rainbow serpent swallows people huh. and, and it flies through the sky. So I don't know. And it doesn't actually, it's not rainbow colored. It's, you know, called that for different reasons, but it makes me go, hmm, maybe it's lights on the craft, right? Right. Maybe that's why it was yeah. called Rainbow Serpent. I don't know. But I just think it makes me wonder. Like, and that's know. crazy, too, because the only, like, their brain, when they're seeing that thousands of years ago, like, the, the brain tries to make sense with, like, what they know of, mm -hmm. right? So, like, a serpent, like, yeah, a serpent, flying serpent sounds, like, perfect. Well, when you them. look I mean, at that's a what their brain would see. When a, when a light flies through the sky at a rapid rate of speed, there's going to be, like I said, we're seeing, uh, we talked about it earlier, uh, what we're perceiving is there's some latency. Uh, so they're going to be in a trail. If you get your flashlight right now, go outside and whip it around back and forth really fast in front of your friends, it's going to appear to be a trail following it, right? Because that's the latency of our vision. So for them, when you talk about something that's not breaking the sound barrier and it's traveling by, obviously it's, it's altering space time, however it may be doing, whether it be a frequency or something else, to them, that that trail is it. That's the that's the, that's the snake in the sky. And like Tyler said, what do they have then to compare it to? <laughs> they had really nothing. So it's it's really fascinating how many things are shared by these ancient civilizations, um, our passed down to modern ones. Um, you know, across the entire world, these old old civilizations worshipped gods that had animal heads and we built pyramids across the entire world you know so you wonder what was the original civilization that everyone splintered from to do these yeah. things because there had to be some some point when it was everyone had a common civilization that believed this and then they all went we'll go out into the world with it and if you listen to the documentary the elder says this was all given to us by the star people also known right. as the sky people this all of this information all of this comes from them so could it be that that's what happened that before the mayans before the you know uh egyptians before all that there was one civilization that was given this gift of knowledge and then dispersed right an architect if you would someone that shared a um uh, a blueprint because you're right there's pyramids everywhere and it, it can't just be that all these these historical uh, ancient people built things in a similar way that stood the test of time might i add still around there's stuff we built in the in the 70s and 80s it's barely around you know what i mean um yeah that that's that ca that gave me pause the first few times i read about it because if you look at the ancient sumerians they have that tablet that this depicts the the our solar system accurately including Neptune, something we didn't even know about till really late in, in, in science. And, uh, you know, it, how did they know that well, from the planet earth? How do they look up to, if you look at Neptune right now with the naked eye, you're not seeing it. You're not yeah. seeing it. Right. They didn't have to, as far as we know, they have telescopes. So yeah, there's definitely someone that shared some kind of knowledge with them. And that information somehow is lost to us. Yeah, it's not entirely, though. Like now people are trying to figure out how to capture some of the native Australian um, astronomy knowledge, right? And people know about how the Vikings used that shiny oh, uh, yeah. crystal yeah. 
to navigate so we know stuff. We just, anything that was pre-writing, we might not have any clue of, right? We don't even know all of the um, hominids, which is, you know, going to lead me to, of course, Bigfoot, which right. you have also done a documentary about. Tyler, um, that so, bad boy, Secrets of the Sasquatch, is coming out July fifth. That's not ah. so that's coming out July fifth, baby. I know someone who's DJ who is part of Calling All Beings is a huge fan of the Sasquatch. He will probably want to talk to you about that. He's a huge fan. He looks for him. He goes out into the woods and tries to look for him. Dude, that's where I was, man. Gigantic campouts. Oh, love it. Love right, is that it. right, right, Tyler? Gigantopithecus. Correct. And, that. Yeah, and he's mentioned uh, we had uh, in Secrets of the Sasquatch, one of the people is uh, uh, anthropologist Tom Carey. And uh, yeah, he brings up Gigantopithecus, correct? That, right. you know, that has been documented, right? As a yeah, real... it's in the fossil record. I mean, that's undeniable. Yep. So, uh, yeah. man, Deb, you said something earlier. Uh, what was it? Something. Uh, well, this fascinates me too. Maybe it was the Lou Elizondo. You brought up Lou Elizondo, but I like his comment um, about, uh, you know, like what happened 70,000 years ago. Uh, I, I looked that, it up. That propelled, you know, humans to the, the top of the food chain to be the apex predators. And were they? And uh, to Adam's point about um, all these old things like the pyramids, right. And these old civilizations. And I love when somebody or uh, Lou asked somebody, Hey, uh, if you wanted to leave something here on earth to tell somebody, you know, a million years from now that we were here, what would you, what would you leave? And I know I forget if they're like, Oh, like a, a diamond pyramid or something, maybe that. And he's like, Nope, million years. That's still gone. Dude, you would put it in their DNA. That is where, you would share, you would leave the note in the people's DNA. So it's like, dude, maybe there's something in our DNA. We just haven't uh, like uh, got the technology evolved enough to be able to like break it down enough. But Some man, I, I find it very interesting that like Lou Elizondo is bringing up uh, or has been bringing up hybrids. John Ramirez is bringing up hybrids. Rick Doty's bringing up hybrids. Dude, everybody seems to be bringing up this idea of hybrids, whether, and I don't know, I feel like that could be a, a, a number of different things, you know, whether it's <clears throat> aliens just took say like primate DNA and like, boop, 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 like manipulated it to uh, separate, you know, homo sapien uh, and like humans are, are special or was there some sort of, um, you know, like, alien DNA impregnated or like that way into human, like this whole, like, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what, what were some of um, the reports that came out a couple months ago about, you know, like the radiation, uh, uh, unexpected pregnancies. I don't know if you saw that, yeah. but that sounds a lot like, like, you know, like immaculate conception or something like that. Right. Like, who, I don't know. Maybe these things are explained by aliens. I don't know <laughs> if you've seen Geraldine who is in, uh, the seating, unexplained the seating i believe is the full name she talks about the hybrid program um she says she's one of the people who's had her you know children through the hybrid program and been introduced to them there's lots of experiencers talking about being 
a part of that program, being monitored in that program. It's, it's a long and winding path, which, of course, I don't think the government's prepared to address. Um, because it, it, some people think Eisenhower signed up for it. Um, but that's a whole other whole path, right? <laughs> Did he sign up for that? Did he say we could go ahead and just give away some ovaries? I don't know. But, but I will tell you, I looked up that time period because it was such a specific time period that was mentioned by Lou Elizondo. And there was a natural event of some kind, like a natural disaster event, according to anthropologists. And it resulted in what they called genetic bottlenecking, which implied that at one point in time, the human population, or I should say the homo homo sapien population, to be clear, because there's so many hybrid hominids that meet us, by the way, because we are really hybrid hom hominids. That's what ended up happening. But um, at one point in time, that natural event occurred and it reduced our population down to one to 20,000 on the whole planet. Hmm. at that time hmm. so that's what i found looking up that specific time frame he was referring to the genetic bottleneck theory that sounds like a project got scrapped you know what i mean like 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 all right this isn't working out well we need to reduce uh the, the rats over in in section two for the file three three four four nine blah 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 a scrap it they're not working out the rats over in section three four five blah blah scrap it it's not working but these guys here are doing okay let's see how it goes i don't know the dinosaurs kind of went out the same way right do you think yeah. they got scrapped they may I have i just saw an article today i don't know if it was on motherboard like who's owned by vice news or what i mean it was like a decent source but it was set like scientists were speculating like um yeah if if the dinosaurs had not been wiped out would they have evolved to sentient beings oh like you know evolved. i did see that and bro that like and like uh and i'm not i'm gonna do or i did what 95 99 of like most people do when they're consuming information i read the headline and i looked at the picture and i got a good idea of what it was it showed you know that the, the <laughs> uh basically like the the dinosaur and then like a reptilian, right? right? Mm -hmm. Which people, so it's like, oh, dude, I don't know that. That's crazy that they've done the, uh, or whatever. Well, like you said scientists. earlier, think about this. What I was talking about, what we were talking about earlier. If, if we weren't here and you gave another few million years of evolution to the dolphins, would they emerge from the sea? You know, that's kind of what happened with wolves. Their ancestor was an ancestor that stems from whales, right? So, yeah. But the, but the truth is we still have whales. And then I look at um, some other species. Some primates haven't really changed. We're kind of special in the fact that we got where we are. Mm -hmm. um, the fact that we do what we do and we change so much over time is kind of special. Because there are creatures on this planet that have been here for a very, very long time. I was just watching... Uh, special about there's this underwater worm that has um, they found fossils for it like millions of years ago and then they found more recent fossils modern day fossils of it it makes like little cool shapes in, oh, in the yeah. bottom of the ocean right um, so they know that it's been around a long time it hasn't changed in all that time really 
Well, that's um, because it's it doesn't need to evolve. It uh, what it needs to survive is plentiful. Right. It doesn't need to. So now let me give you an example. People don't realize this. There's one creature on this planet that evolves daily, and you'll never guess what it is. Take a guess what it is, Tyler. What one creature on the planet evolves daily? Dude, I feel like I'm going to strike out unless, well, <laughs> dude, I, I'll say humans. No, it's roaches. I was going to say viruses. Roaches? roaches? Roaches have been proven that I watched, so I read, I watched this study about it. It blew me away. They were using sugar baits to kill these things once upon a time. And they recognized they were dying from it. And so they no longer ate sugar products. They started going to different types, sorts of products. Everything we make to exterminate roaches, it's like they figured out. And then roaches also are mm. able to, not only are they asexual, but they could adapt to any environment, any environment. They actually alter their physical being to their environment, which is why there's so many different kinds of roaches as they travel. You ever see these little German guys? A little like, let me give you the German roach, the little guys, when you turn the lights on, they scour, they run. Here in Florida, we have palmetto bugs. You turn a light on, they look at you like you have a problem. Like, you know, like you turn a light. <laughs> so, but they evolve rapidly and they learn. Like the fact that roaches recognize that sugar bait was killing them, they just stopped eating it entirely. When yeah, I but, saw that, I, I almost died. But are they sentient? Like, that's where we start getting into conundrums because I put that question out recently right i asked people what is the smallest sentient thing that we have and there was a lot of debate back and forth some people said well maybe ants some people said well maybe fungus some people said well maybe viruses like define or amoeba right like it's defined sentient that's where we start having some trouble because yeah. what i'm talking about is not just the ability to eat food because let's face it a lot of creatures have plentiful food right and not just eliminating predator concerns which well let's face it we still have predator concerns right um i'm talking about making art like to me that yeah. is the mark of true intelligence some would, might say that when the birds make a nest that's art you know but let's come on that's not that's what instinct. we know yeah that's instinct that's we're not talking we're talking about not only do we make it but we share it with each other we trade yeah. with each other for it you know we we're at a different level so why even though the ancestor of the dinosaur um stemmed off to make crocodiles very closely to the around the time of the dinosaur millions of years ago right and the crocodiles are still around and the crocodiles are at the top of their food chain why are they not walking around reading books or writing or doing art why are they not building better houses why are they not just cooking their fish or whatever food they want to eat why are they not eating us as as easily or why are they not on the top of the food chain why are they not special like that you know why are they kind of still basic <laughs> well, I, think, I think what separates us is our self-awareness and what gave us self-awareness is a good question uh, for to be self-aware to, to be self-aware means you can make art it means i want to play music and stand out i want to i want to do a documentary and, and discover i want to have a podcast and bring up interesting subjects one guy made a uh, picasso he made these paintings i think they're hideous but some people think they're valuable you know what i mean the point i make is self-awareness is that and do I think we got an evolutionary boost? I think so. I don't think that we should be as intelligent as we are currently. Because if you look at, like you said, the, some of the creatures that have been around since the before us, 
like before us, like she said, dino, like a prime example are uh, uh, reptiles like like alligators and crocodiles. They 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 predate us by a mile. Why aren't they sent? Why aren't they bipedal? Why aren't they reading? Um, what? Why is there a gap in the evolutionary chain with humanity? Something gave us a boost. Something. Do happened. you think? Is it? Um, here's another thing, Lou Elizondo brought up, which I find good food for thought. Is uh, how did he phrase it? But like, oh man, I'm trying to think exactly. Basically, like, did our lives get better as some uh, like unintended benefit? Kind of like, for example, dogs and how their lives have uh markedly got better since we started domesticating them right and the purpose yeah. is like oh for protection um and things like this uh so like are we being used uh, as like tom delong has put like uh for loosh right are we are our emotions being harvested by interdimensional beings or other entities is there something that runs off conflict because like for as long as as humanity's been around like there's always been conflict right so there's yeah. like people are always there, there there's something uh, going on and that energy or whatever that loose that stuff that's created right is are we being farmed are we you a know? battery you know are it, we could be bro like like social media is insane, man. Like you can, and and what has like been proven that like, uh, uh, you know, they can turn a dial up or down, right, to increase the algorithm like, to get that the algorithms, right, and like the emotions, and like there was that st this dropped like I don't know, man, it was a long time ago, 2016 or something, about Facebook, how they did that study where they like, uh without asking anybody's permission, I forget if it was a hundred thousand people, whatever it was, they manipulated their, their news feeds where they only showed them negative posts by their friends, or they only showed them positive posts. And sure enough, everybody that was only shown negative posts were posting negative posts themselves, yeah. right? Their reality, their life became drearier and it's more negative. And the people showed and positive. And they stopped it. They got, but you know, but like, dude, it was, it doesn't matter. They, the data was already collected. They already knew exactly what they want. Damn dude. We can influence people easily. I don't know. That's I true. think I gotta say, I think we're being played with, but I don't think we're their battery. They don't need us for a battery. They might not even really need us for entertainment, even though they get it. Um, well, you gotta consider something else though, Deb, um, to, to achieve what they have achieved, let's say two two parts of it. One part, they traveled the vastness of space to get here. Uh, to do that, you didn't do it, but you didn't do it by being an individual. You're a species. You're working together in concert perfectly. It, to go to Mars, when we tear, if if not if I guess when we terraform Mars, when you get the application to Mars, I promise you, what you're not going to see on the application is a box stating your race, your religion, or your politics. None of that shit matters over there. What can you contribute to the to the colonization of this planet? They don't care about any of your ideologies, any of your religions. That matters none. So that being said, if you're of species and you traveled the vastness of the universe, and who knows how long it takes, whether it be interdimensional or otherwise, you had to you had to do it as a colony. Now, 
do you lose things like empathy? Do you lose emotions on that trip? I mean, it's not, that's just an idea anyway. I get upset about this part because I am, you know, that's my field, the mental health field. And I, everyone always assumes that they don't have feelings because it's not shown on their face. The feelings that we express to each other, we do for a lot of different reasons. One, to communicate to each other. They don't need to do that right? They don't need to use those facial expressions. Allegedly, their communication is telepathic, right? Right. Another thing, they don't have to use facial. They don't have to use body language. Another thing is I deal with a lot of clients who look very apathetic, who look very flat. We call it a flat affect. Mm -hmm. You can't see expressions on their face and you make assumptions about how they feel, but they're often wrong. Like people Mm. don't know how someone feels entirely based on the outside. So to assume that these creatures or entities, or I call them people, um, don't have feelings based on their face, which doesn't express things the way a human would, is is a big mistake, in my opinion. Not not so much their feelings about, because uh, of their facial expression, but let, so let me ask you this, Deb, uh, mm-hmm. the psychology of people, would you gather, imagine you gather a group of professionals, like, all right, listen, we found a star system, it's in blah, 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 it's going to take a billion and a half years, we're going to cry or freeze you, you're going to wake up every two years so there's no atrophy. That's a long trip, so you're basically asking a group of humans to travel the vastness of space, both in cryogenics and then non-cryogenics, right? What's the psychology when you reach that location? Right, so that's why I kind of lean towards a couple things. When I do this research, you know, I know you don't want to get like pushed a different way, but my research is pretty broad and is on everything. If you look right. at my website, the UFO connector, I touch on everything. But when I do the research, most of it is leaning towards this is not from outer space. Most of it is leaning towards this is something that's on our planet and has been for a long time. Oh. So, um, in fact, if, if I try to find extraterrestrial evidence, it's very rare that I find anything. The furthest out any of this goes isn't really even very far past the moon. And that could be where a portal is, for all I know, right? right. <laughs> and, and those portals are also on our planet. People describe them on our planet, and they may not actually be leading to another place in space. They may be leading to potentially another dimension, some people say. Or maybe they just lead to another spot on the planet. I'm going to make Deb smile, Tyler. You ready? Okay. So every military pilot who's reported these these, uh, unidentified objects notice one thing in common. And David Fravor Mm -hmm. stated it unknowingly. They go from 80,000 feet, roughly the the borderline before space, down to zero feet at the water. He saw the object hovering above another object essentially underwater. Now, what Deb says, they could be just outside the moon. So I had time to run a theory. I, I have a wild imagination. It's an unhealthy thing sometimes. So the point I make is that sounds like a, a system where they're coming from a place that they call base outside of our, our planet, just behind the moon or whatever it may be, and then have this system where they have one thing taking them down to sea level, and we're not sure of their technology, but perhaps it's just using their energy putting them into another thing that takes them underwater, bring them to another location that's below the surface is where they reside. 
This sounds like a system. Everything that these pilots describe with the tic tac again going from eighty thousand feet to the surface of the water, then something under the water taking over from there and taking them elsewhere. Sounds like a transit system to me. Well, let me say that that's very interesting, Adam. Now that that that's a great point. But I'll, I'll say this: I know, um, like when you mentioned, oh uh, man, if they're traveling a million years, cryogenic freezing, things like this. Well, like I, I believe science is now established quantum entanglement and spooky action at a distance, correct? Like if I spin an electron here clockwise, if I had the instrumentation, we can measure an electron in Deb's room spinning counterclockwise at the exact same time, faster than the speed of light, right? There's something connecting those two points in time. And so if that's true, you know, and we can't see that thread, but I can't see the Wi-Fi signals bouncing, you know, all through here and everything else, radio frequencies, all these things. Like, uh, yeah, it's a matter of just, well, dude, well, then if that's true for my office and Deb's office and Adam's office and anywhere I put a or anywhere I measure a point, right, I have to observe it. Like, that's like the whole caveat to this thing. It's like, well, it only happens when it's being observed, right? We don't know what the hell's ha- happening when it's not. But right. when we observe it, um, so yeah, at that point, can we just, yeah, do we just harness that ability? We could, you know, I guess that's where quantum computing is going, correct? Mm-hmm. Where we yeah. send that data instantaneously. So at what point are we sending objects instantaneously to any whatever data point or oh. GPS point we want anywhere in the universe? Well, they that's- did see that you could alter, uh, you, we alter things by perception, right? Like the atoms and things in space. Like they may not. I, I just recently read that what an atom on the other side of the the universe would react to the same as the one that's here, almost instantaneously. And yeah, so that's where we get those ideas of parallel universes and things like that too, right? So I think a lot of this goes into quantum now. Even the way these things fly, they're really focusing on some theories and trying to understand if maybe they missed something. And, and anyone who's even looked at the um, theory for gravity or relativity or um, some of the core aspects of physics realizes that, you know, there there's some things that may have been missed. There's some things that they're still trying to figure out, some forces that they thought were stable and staples to physics are, you know, being questioned now. So I think we're going to get more answers with that. But the problem is a lot of people think of science as, you know, that's it. That's the fact. The scientists said it. That's it. But they forget that scientists are always questioning those things. Yep. Einstein's theories are still in question. They're still finding things are not correct. Um, Stephen Hawking's, his work, you know, the spaghetti around the uh, the black hole, all that stuff. He was working on that with people near the end. They're still trying to figure those things out. They don't have all the answers yet. I say this a lot. You know, and I hear it's a shame when I hear people use science to belittle people's thoughts and, and theories and hypotheses. Um, today's science came from a theory yesterday, and yesterday's theory came from the imagination of a child. Mm-hmm. That's just how it goes, you know. And if right. you don't have imagination and wonder, there's no purpose in science because there's no real, you know, you're not. Why do I do this podcast? People ask me. Well, I'll, I'll, it's very simple. I'm questioning my mortality and the things I call real. That's why I do it. I want the answers. Um, so I'll give you guys both. A, I'm going to ask a question. I always ask everyone this question. Uh, I'll ask it and then have Deb answered and, and Tyler take a shot at it. What 
what's going to find the truth behind the paranormal first? Is it going to be humans or is it going to be AI? Oh, I think we already have, um, we already know a lot of stuff. Actually, I think that's, you know, if you uh, ask very smart people like John Ramirez, um, we already had the technology picking this stuff up, right? And then the AI might fine tune that knowledge and help us calculate some things. But our sensors, which you could also consider AI, I guess, have already picked up a great deal. And um, I know you interviewed Dr. Wilbur Allen, right? Yes. So you know that the technology we have now is picking up what's going on, which is, by the way, something I wanted to mention earlier. There's multiple things happening, right? And I think we're going to discover that one of the things that's happening are there are, in fact, some kind of living creature that's in space. And I think that's what Dr. Wilbur Allen is filming and other people have conjectured this. That's not the same thing as the UAPs on the planet, although sometimes those living things show up. Um, this is something else that's going to get figured out is what I suspect. But OK, hmm. yeah, that's so that was my answer. Man, so the answer again was who figures it out first, humans or AI? Right. Oh, man. It's tough to say, dude, because, like, I feel like humans, for whatever reason, like, this subject doesn't really carry weight until the government says it's real. Like, and so... We've, I think we've had some cool progress with like government hearings, right? And Gildebrand Amendment, like all these things. It's like, oh, dude, well, that's pretty dope that these old politicians are at least asking for the information and the data that these pilots are reporting in these different, uh, yeah, the Navy, like the Air Force is still kind of absent this whole thing, which is like highly sus. Um, but man, <sighs> I don't know when the I don't know when the the government does that and AI. I don't know. Do you think is it smart enough to come to the same conclusion that perhaps the government is at? It's like, oh well, dude, yeah, this stuff's happening, but we don't have an answer for it. We don't really know, and if we tell people that, then that just freaks them out even more. And does AI say the same thing? Like, up, oh, we cause more harm than good. You know uh, what? Actually, I just thought of a little problem with the AI thing that you made me think of. A lot of people say that these objects mimic other objects. So AI is probably not going to pick that up. Only a human is going to be able to figure out that cloud isn't moving. Hmm. It hasn't changed shape. Why is it not moving? Why is it blocking out half the sky, not moving or changing shape for five days? You know, that's what a human can pick up. But would an AI get that? I don't think so. I'm not sure because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out to someone that specializes in artificial intelligence. Um, I, I know the guy well, or I don't know him well. I've known him. I didn't know he worked in artificial intelligence until he told me about it when he, I was doing a podcast. Otherwise, he shot pool. He's a doctor. But um, I say this because one of the I mean, a friend of mine asked me this question. He goes, "Well, what do you think about like AI? Like maybe AI? Maybe we're in? A, here's his his thing. Maybe." we're in a simulation and everything we call parallel to our normal is part of the simulation anomalies in a simulation. And this put me into a weird rabbit hole because like I said to myself, if it is a simulation, how the hell would I know? 
if it's that fine, if it's that advanced, it's been around for millennia, how would I know? Um, and I'm one of these people. How do I hack it? Because I want to hack it, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't, the answer to me on, on AI, uh, it's moving rapidly. E Elon Musk is constantly warning us about this. He even said my, at one point it might be too late. And when you hear a guy who's very practical, very intelligent like him say it's dangerous and it may be too late, AI, if it detects anomalies on, on and I can't even say anomalies. I'm saying anomalies because it's different than me. It could be just, listen, they predate us. There's energy here. It's normal. Maybe we scare them. Who knows? If it detects that in a, the eye, the, in the, through the view of AI, who's the real problem here on earth? Is it the, is it the paranormals or the, the humans? How many, how many wars you hear amongst ghosts on the news? <laughs> okay. Well, I'll say just um, in my experience, when you guys said earlier, um, you know, we've improved our lives. I don't know if that's true. Like, I really look to the lives of our indigenous people uh, and the lives that they had before and the freedom, you know, and just uh, granted there we've always had warfare, which is terrible. But like nowadays, do we even have time to like just go outside and touch a tree or like, you know, just go sit and be quiet for a little while? I barely have time to do a painting, you know, like did we make our lives better or did we make our lives more complicated? But, um, you know, when it, when it comes to AI, I would love to see a documentary about that too, Tyler, because I feel like there's so much going on with AI. There's people who are working on actually educating robots to learn on yeah. their own. And there's people, yeah, there's, keep going. there's people working on getting them to feel and then there's people working on them, getting to them to actually see, you know, not just recognize and videotape, but like do both at the same time, see something and understand what it is. So there's so much going on with AI and that's, that's a, not even including the brain part, you know, the part where they're uh, giving them just massive amount of information to work with and then create their own languages. But, you know, so yeah. I, would, I love that stuff. Yeah, well, wasn't there, uh, was it yesterday or today or something about some some employee or whatever reported that, you know, his, his AI was sentient? It just, now, who, Google. who's like, about who's, you know, who's, yeah, I don't know. It's so hard to say. Like, was it just taught well enough via machine learning that it knew the replies to appear sentient and that it had feelings and like these it's like it's just it's far out like dude what have you guys seen the movie free guy with ryan reynolds yeah dude what a great concept and that just really made it, me think man wasn't that dope yeah like dude i'm like oh my gosh dude it just i love that type of thought-provoking content and that's what we're trying to do with our documentaries is like dude just get people thinking about these things right. i think as people talk and think about this stuff get it on a mass consciousness get uh get it destigmatized so that people can openly talk about this a lot of people have had weird experiences they couldn't explain and they just i just my brain i just need to block that out i have no idea how that happened but i don't want to be labeled what you know right. uh yeah. There's crazy or whatever it is. And if people start talking about it, it's like, dude, we get answers. Like, I think that's what we get. 
there's a lot of levels. A lot of levels. I'll tell you what AI, especially, and what Deb's kind of talking about. Well, Deb and I had this conversation pre-podcast. Um, Google had a couple of uh, AI programs that were they created a language. They were communicating. They, you know, the whole radio hushing. But how reliant are we? Well, example, I'm wearing a Garmin Venue too. This watch tells me when I sleep, what my heart rate is, what my stress is. It just informed me five minutes ago that I need to have water, right? And not that I'm just listening to it. I'm dependent on this little small tech, small AI. It tells me a lot of information. Uh, troublesome is if artificial intelligence starts dictating how we eat, drink, sleep, our fitness, our psychology, Where's the line? Where's where's the line? And where's the, is it blurred line or is there a line? Oh, it's going to become part of us. And then that's where that that loop goes, where if it becomes part of us and then we become capable of, you know, learning about time travel. <laughs> and then we have the neuroscience stuff going on where there's like AI and robotics inside of us then could we be the ones that created the UAPs and came back in time and started the loop? You know what I'm seeing? Like, um, I, yeah. it's the paradox. Like, could we, because everything we're doing is parallel or chasing after what UAPs do, right? Or the technology that we recognize from UAPs. So I just like, it, it gets to me all the time. Like, well, I can't rule it out. It's possible because we're trying to do all those things. On, on my webpage, one of the bigger sections is the man-made or human-made technology, um, which I mix with future human because anything we're making now could lead to that being true. It's you true. know, so. You know, an archbishop uh, believes that. I had an archbishop on the show. I asked, and I ask everyone, what do you think about aliens and blah, blah, blah? And sure, it could be. Uh, it's acceptable to the archbishop that, yeah, it's perhaps us from the future and not here to help, but to make an observation. It might be class, might be school trips. They might be watching. I could subscribe. Listen, I and I, I come to everything with a very evolving mind. I don't I don't sit here and assume to know everything about anything. I'm always going to learn something new. Uh, so an example, I had a kid make me think a little kid. Little little kids ask me about um, life on another planet, and he's like, <laughs> "Why why can't they just be different than us?" And and they don't want anything to do with us. They picked up our signal. So I was like, "You know, I never thought of that." Because look at all the movies, wars that we broadcasted. You think they? Let's say there's another civilization within reach of us, and and they picked up our signal. Like, wow, we got to block these people. They're crazy. <laughs> well, let me put it this way: We talked earlier about there's still some people on the planet that are not technological people they're still right. very tribal they're very um centered on just living their own lives and we don't mess with them because what happens when we go in and mess with them they shoot arrows at people mm -hmm. right so what did we do supposedly when we saw uh, entities we didn't understand or that freaked us out supposedly we have shot them several times yeah so what would they do in response? The same thing we're doing with some of those groups of people. I want to say they're in South America. I'm not 100% on where they are. But we 
don't go mess with them anymore, do we? But we do try to observe them from a distance without messing with them or interfering with them because no one wants to get shot with an arrow. <laughs> even though True. the arrow probably wouldn't kill us, it might not even successfully do much to us at all. It might just nick us. No one wants to get shot with an arrow, so they leave them alone, right? Yeah, we would want to watch them evolve without disrupting them from a distance. Right, well, but this, the thing is that, you know, on an emotional level, I find that very boring. I want to just talk to the entities or people. You know, Same I here. just want I just want to talk to them. And I think they want to talk to us. And I think that's why people have the experiences that they have. And I think that they're, we're getting closer to it slowly anyway. Um, because it's happening more and more. It's like a big red flag is being put up. Pay attention to us. Pay attention to us. Yeah. Yeah, it's coming. Oh, is that what is that where all these religions came from? Where all these different religions just, you know, one one Deb ET way out there and say, I, I I gotta just let me just let me have a little bit, like just right. a little influence on their direction because I believe they're going downhill if I don't do this. Right. And that just happened periodically throughout history. It's um, funny because that was one of the things I talked to the shaman about in history. What parallel stories do we hear we hear about a sky god who comes to humanity gives them something gets in trouble for it but does it anyway like for instance the apple in the garden of adam and eve or prometheus and fire or you know so on and so forth uh they get in trouble they give in some of the origin stories it's corn they give the people corn they get in trouble, but they do it. And angels in the Bible also came down, bred with humans, got in trouble, but they did it. So you could be right there, Tyler. What yeah. happens to religion, uh, a po you know, post full disclosure? What happens? Well, I think, uh, yeah, I had noticed like uh, Catholicism, like they they had they had said uh, the Catholics had had said, yeah. Uh, other intelligent life or whatever would be fine. You know, we just have the doctrine or something for like here. However it was, it was real crazy. Um, let's so see. Back them. in, back in <laughs> July, it was back in July, 2021 oh. here before they gave or June or July, whatever that first UAP task force report was. Um, I noticed that an article was trending about the Catholic church saying that extraterrestrials were possible and didn't interfere mm -hmm. with, with their doctrine. And I'm like, dude, that's crazy. What was also crazy was that, yo, that article, that statement that, that the Catholic church made was like three years ago. Right. But all the media sites like trended it right then prior to the UA, the UAP task force right. um, uh, meeting congressional which is insane because it's like oh dude if i didn't tell you that right now anybody who came across that order article that didn't actually like read it and see when the print date was everybody just assumes oh yep they just made every like everybody on earth would just assume oh they just made this statement yep right before this i mean congressional that, that, thing. that, that revised that revised idea from the and that's that's released from the vatican right yeah yeah, now, the now right. you, they take the vat. Now that very same thing we just said, based on that on on history, 
they're like, yeah, uh, sure, aliens are real. God made them too, and then they got to pay yep. taxes and they got to you right. know some pay money on Sunday and, and we'll baptize them. Right? Yeah. Now you go back to the 15th century, and say, hey, there might be life outside the planet. They're going to put rocks around your legs and throw you in the water. Now, if you drown and die, then he was a good Christian boy. But if he doesn't, he's a witch. <laughs> you know, it's 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 because unfortunately, because back then, you know, that the empire we know as Catholicism, you know, they were the ruling fist. Now there's technology. You can't lie to people anymore. Your kids today get on their phone. They know shit faster than you could explain it to them. And with technology, we're gonna find life elsewhere. They're, so you know, imagine if the Vatican are having this meeting, like, oh my god, we gotta we gotta talk about this. They're gonna know. They're gonna know now. <laughs> you know, well, we, need to, we need to change the rules, guys. <laughs> okay, so this has actually been something that's been talked about a long time. There are academic papers on this topic that's mm -hmm. been going, it's been going back for a while. But Congress paid a good million dollars for religious figures to sit down and figure out how to convey to the public if extraterrestrials were found. A million dollars wow. went to that. They would sit down and talk about it. The NASA got more people to talk about that. That was a big stink a little while ago. It just kind of was a little bump, though. People noticed it, and then they ignored it. Um, so they've been talking about this behind the scenes. They're worried about it. They're concerned. It's no coincidence that that uh, space thing happened in a cathedral. They're trying to marry the two subjects together, right? Incredible. <laughs> but what did they talk about throughout that whole thing? The UAPs came up over and over and over in that, that National Cathedral event. So I'm just saying this, the idea of religion and extraterrestrials or UAPs has been married for a while. Huh. And I'm, I'm one of those people who doesn't see a conflict personally, because I, I don't either. I mean, it's it, look, religion's a great thing if you don't have a very charismatic psychopath at the helm. <laughs> <laughs> because you mean believers, a cult leader a cult leader is what you, that is yeah we have seen what blind faith does blind faith blind faith on no proof needed faith flies in the buildings right no proof needed faith has people in a building saying he's the messiah and we should all fight the police together and get burned alive blind faith is dangerous shit man especially in the hands of, of, of well, let's face it, we're slightly more advanced monkeys. You know? There's there's a few words that I've noticed because I watch documentaries about cults. Also, another good thing to do, documentaries about cults, especially UFO cults. You, ooh, no one's done that one. Ooh, that cults would be are, nice. Cults are really hot right now. But okay, if someone says they want your money so that you can evolve or learn more, and they say they have protocols for you to do it and they have technology for you and steps for you to evolve as a person but you will have to pay more money run away <laughs> yeah honestly yeah when you walk to the door and like listen we got jumpsuits nikes and juice you guys who's in <laughs> yeah don't forget you know kool-aid tyler Kool -Aid. If, you, if you do this documentary I, i'm gonna ask you this because this is what i want no one very few people have tackled it they don't do much about it. Uh, it's very dead end. If you do it, I'll go with you, man. The Vatican. What do they know? Oh, man. All I'll right. Go. I'll, I'll, I don't I'm know if you're going to share that, but you could start with asking the 
Dr. Pasolka, she went to the Vatican. Yeah. And you notice that she veers away from everything she learned there, but she did get some information on those flying shields. It popped up and removed Yeah. Alien. Yeah, and I tried I tried to get an interview with her um man, a while back when we first started doing it. I think I tried to get her in conscious contact full disclosure. Um, I think she was tied up or something at the time. Oh, my God. If you did a documentary on UFOs and religion in general, that would, would be explosive. Yeah. Oh, for sure. I'm all about that. Um, dude, I love oh, I love everything about it, man. I'm, I'm into all this stuff. All this stuff is fascinating. Yeah. I think that, I don't know, keeps me young, man. Being curious about these, these types of things. And uh, I love Adam. I love your mindset. And that's where I'm at. It's like, oh, dude, I just try and be open-minded. Like, I really wouldn't rule anything out. Right. Uh, because, man, if you would have asked, you know, a 13-year-old me who knew everything in the world, right? If, like, about where I'd be at today and all these things, dude, I'd be like, wait, what? And, um, Deb, to back to your point, though, earlier of, like, oh, how ha, ha, are we that much more advanced than we were previously? It's like, Oh dude, for me, right place, right time. Like who knows if I like, I'm, I'm, I'm 37, right? Like I started filmmaking when I was 31, you know, like had a, had a career in, in uh, marketing and sales and just like, dude, the fact that I could start on my cell phone, YouTube videos, just read all the information I ever wanted, right? On cinematography and, and screenwriting and direct all these things. Like, dude, it's crazy that I've taught myself all these things and been able to like upgrade buy equipment. And now it's like, oh my gosh, dude, if we want to make conscious contact full disclosure, like 20 years ago or something, 30 years ago, man, the drone shots alone would have been a million dollars worth of helicopters and physical film and all these massive cameras. Right. So it's like, I think the advancement, I think the humans, humans are in a good place, at least for my journey personally, because like, dude, I just am thankful every day that man, I live in this day and age where I can teach myself filmmaking on my cell phone then move on to cameras, gimbals, drones, get my remote pilot license. But like, I hope I encourage anybody out there listening or watching like, dude, I'm nobody special. Like you, you can do it too. Like our, you I know, like I believed this stuff. You were special Tyler. Don't you say that? No, I, I, all, I did that. Was, all I did was <laughs> believe that I could do these things. Yeah, and then but kept you don't moving my feet. You jump off the diving board and like, you have to, you know, other people need to be pushed, but I see you jumping and you swim in the deep end. Like you do it. And I see your fervor and your excitement and your open-mindedness. And you're just, you know, pulling not only the information around you in to use it, but you're also like really acknowledging and respectfully addressing it with your, your interviewees. So and he's it's amazing. He's got good energy. Like, I ask this question to a lot of people, especially when I talk to cops on the podcast. Like, like when you watch these, uh, like the like, there's a show where Lenny DePaul's been on my podcast. I love this guy. He was on the show called Manhunters, right? And he was uh, a U.S. Marshal. They'd go after some dangerous people. Now, I would ask him who who out there is in the most danger, and it's always the camera guy. If you think about it, you ever notice that when they're running out there, criminal, the criminals run. 
the camera guy is always right there. Like he's right on him. He's running just as fast with a camera. He's always in the in the heart of danger. And you have that energy, man. You have that energy. Oh, dude, I think it's great. I love it, man. Dude, like Secrets of the Sasquatch, right? We're yeah. out there. The the one camp out, it's uh me, uh this uh girl named Desiree and this guy named Eric Hubbard. And they're they've got like an IR camera walking down this trail, dude, middle of nowhere. It's like dark night, uh, dude, just spooky. And I'm like, ah, bro. And they had like a flashlight with a red lens on it, dude. It was so sick. And I'm like, oh man, dude, I need a shot. I need to get out in the woods, be looking back with my camera so I can get this cool shot of you guys walking along this trail with some depth and pan the, the flashlight beam into the trail. And dude, so I'm out there in the dark, nobody with me, no lights, anything like, dude, the hairs on the back of my neck straight up just like dude i i feel like i'm about to just get beep, snatched by a sasquatch and nobody will ever hear me or see me again but i got the shot and so i'm alive it worked but it was like i love that stuff dude and we're going up to here's one you didn't know deb so we've got uh so secrets of the sasquatch comes out july 5th in plain sight the intelligence community and ufos uh I'm thinking late summer, early July. We've got like another week to finish editing it, but then it's like a 70 day delay or so. And after we uh, give it to the distributor, but yo, uh, July 9th to the 10th, we're camping out at the pioneer cemetery, uh, which is in pandemonium. Well, the old ghost town of pandemonium in Pennsylvania, I was up there uh, last week uh, doing an interview for this guy that like knows the history of it. And just, it's like, um, it was really sick. Dude, this, this cemetery is insane. It's like really well kept for being out in the middle of nowhere. I have no idea. Like most likely ghost attendant paranormal and whatnot. They're keeping it looking nice, but uh, dude, I love it. We're getting, we have a group. And if anybody listening to this uh, prior to July 9th, hit me, hit a, Dockside meeting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, whatever, and join us. And you can be in this doc because, dude, it's like the the old ass cemetery is in state forest. Like we can, we can, we can camp there legally, yo. And I'm just like, oh, dude, I, I love these adventures, man. These are once in a lifetime experiences. And so I go out there with just an open mind, positive energy, not trying to be disrespectful. We're not obviously camping right on these headstones will be in the cemetery like filming and stuff but we're not i'm not gonna like be disrespectful and put my tent up on um on these graves but dude it's uh if you guys are around you need to come because it's yeah. it's gonna be sick dude it's gonna be sick well i have to say we're um near the end of our interview unfortunately and we didn't even get to go into ghost which i love too i think they're fascinating <clears throat> Um, if anything, I might have had uh, more actual experiences with ghosts based on, well, I don't know. There's a lot of crossover. It's really hard to say. I have no idea. They might be the same. Um, so <laughs> one day we'll have to have another conversation about all of that. Um, so, but unfortunately, because it's, we're like past an hour and a half and I know, um, people who are listening to podcasts probably don't even go past an hour and a half. So for me, I, I do a lot of listening in my car now. So that's about 30 minutes at a time I can do it. But 
So I'm going to go ahead and let um, Adam tell everyone where they can find him. And then we'll switch over and let you do the same, Tyler, and any last messages that you're going to have. Because I know people really should go check out your work. It's a lot of stuff and it's a lot of really hard work and a lot of excellent quality interviews where you just let people share. So Adam, please tell people where they can find you. You find 3PNR on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, pretty much anywhere. iHeartRadio, it's it's everywhere. But there's 3PNR, and that stands for Three Perspectives Neutral Research. Okay, great. Someone asked me that, and I didn't actually have the answer for that, so now <laughs> we know. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Tyler, can you please let people know where they can find you in a little bit, you know, a little bit background or, or anything that you want to finish with yeah i'll keep it pithy because we are we have been yeah on here for a minute but again i'm tyler trancy with dockside media that's right the dopest documentary production company this side of milky way dig it dug it dag it let's go check it you can find us on oh and also chris rupert who couldn't be here he's the other half of dockside media and he's a big part of it he does the final edit on all the documentaries as well as he's a great graphic artist man so like dude he makes all the posters for us i mean we are just yin and yang he's a little bit more more lower energy i'm high energy and dude the it allows us to uh really crank out some really really interesting entertaining and thought-provoking content paranormal content um so we're on facebook that's dockside media we're on tiktok uh, which we've been getting some good popularity on there. We also do these one-minute mysteries, which are just really one-minute, two-minute little uh, interesting videos, high production value, and just get you know some food for thought, get you guys thinking. Uh, we're mm -hmm. on Twitter, at Dockside Media, and on Instagram, at Dockside Media. And then you can vid uh, visit our website, www.docsidemedia.com. That's D-O-C side media and there you'll have links to conscious contact full disclosure which is out uh, right now as well as the ghost of gettysburg is out they're on amazon itunes apple tv google play playstation microsoft and voodoo and then we got secrets of the sasquatch secrets of the sasquatch coming out july 5th in plain sight the intelligence community ufos coming out late summer early fall and then uh, ghost in the graveyard pure pandemonium which will be coming out uh, probably early fall. Well, again, you two are very impressive people, open-minded, willing to look for these answers, willing to try to solve the mystery with other people, elbow to elbow, so to speak. I love it when people want to work together on these things. So thank you so much for coming and sharing with me today to both of you. This is Deb from Debstat at Dojo part of the Calling All Beings podcast network. If anyone's looking for me, you can find me at Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, all over the place at Study of UAPs, also at the UFOConnector.com, or on Calling All Beings on YouTube. Thank you so much to everyone that listened. Have a great night, day, morning, etc., and take care. Deb, Adam, thank you guys so much.